I'm John Peterson, author of Playing at the World and Game Wizards. You are listening to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. This week, Morse, Peter, and Jessica talk about one-page RPGs and adventures. In the news, a Pathfinder Adventure Path is coming to 5th edition, a Dungeons & Dragons rules update from Jeremy Crawford, Tales of Exadia, the Dragon Prince RPG has been released, a TSR news update, and more, plus our favorite game in all the world, and a brand new sketch about the difficulties when shopping for armor. This week on Morse's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. An ad for something I actually like. That's a turnout for the books. Burbaker Unlimited Moat Builders will provide your keep, castle, or hovel with a secure defensive system. Choose from their wide range of moat fillers, including lava, piranha schools, sharks, acid, zombies, boiling tar, or water. How mundane. Anyway, buy one moat, get a free drawbridge while stocks last. I think I'll get one myself. Maybe it'll stop those horrible kids throwing eggs at my laboratory. All the tabletop role-play news. We aim to amuse and we aim to enthuse. And Morris is unofficial tabletop RPG. Hello, 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 and welcome to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk, a podcast all about Dallas, the television role-playing game. My name is Russ, aka Morris, or Morris, aka Russ, and with me this week is... Peter Coffey from the Southampton Guild of Roleplayers, 100% not willing to talk about Dallas, the role-playing game for the entire podcast, just so you know, listeners. Also joining us again in an epic fashion, it is the hostess with the Moses. It's the one, it's the only, it's Jessica Hancock! Yes, it's me, Jessica Hancock from EM Publishing. I'm here because Russ pays me. Yes, I see. I noticed you are both wearing your 10-gallon hats. I'm glad that you've turned up wearing your Dallas-themed 10-gallon hats. Yeehaw. I brought brought the box set along, so um, shall we we begin the official Dallas, the television role-playing game podcast? Yeah, go on then. (laughs) You know, Russ, we've brought out a lot of new podcasts in the last week, but I didn't think that was one of them. But (laughs) if that's something you want to do, Did I Did I not mention that one? No, you didn't. Oh, dear. All right, all right. Let's put that one on hold for a moment. So for Maybe the listeners that, that we have left, let's, thank you let's. for not switching off. It was, in fact, an April Fool's joke. I mean, it was an April Fool's joke. <sighs> it was not. It was no joke. So for those <laughs> at home, Russ is now being treated to what we like to call peer pressure, as myself and Jessica give him uh, what we like to call death looks. We're doesn't very disappointed. Really, doesn't really work on a <laughs> podcast format. This look is worse than hate. It's indifference. So, you know. I'm fairly used to it, to be fair. Used to, <laughs> used to my indifference. Is it difference with maybe a soupçon of contempt? <laughs> okay, so this question is from Richard over at the D20 Future Show podcast. Okay. Asked on Twitter with the tag, hashtag awfully cheerful question, which is one of the ways that you can tag your user question. Uh, if you ask us user question and we answer it on the show, we will send you a copy of the awfully cheerful engine. The question doesn't have to be about the awfully cheerful engine, though. No, it can be about anything, but yes. try to make it TTRPG related because otherwise we might struggle to answer it. Uh, so this question. I, I mean, we'll probably struggle to answer it anyway. Yes, let's be, be honest. Here. <laughs> so this is a good go. one. This is a good one. What's Richard's question? Is. Which RPG or RPG system do you wish, you most wish, you had come up with 
for artistic and not financial reasons. Oh, Which is interesting. interesting. So you can't just answer D&D because then I'd be really, really rich. I think I would mm-hmm. probably say Dread myself. Mm, okay. Well, that's a um, good answer. Because it's just like, it's a really clever idea mm. and it just really enhances the emotional experience of tension. The uh, questionnaire is an excellent way to generate buy-in mm. on a one-off system. Um, yeah, I, it's a really solid choice for horror role-playing. Hmm. Yeah, so. that's a good one. A good answer. Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah. For me, I think it may be Traveller. Because mm, okay. to me, you know, I don't know if other people feel about it the same way. Traveller to me is like the sci-fi D&D. In it's kind of like D&D is kind of like the default, the sort of biggest sort of default um, established fantasy game. And Traveller is kind of like, it came up sort of like soon after D&D and was kind of like the sci-fi one. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I don't think I'd tie it. If I had made it, I wouldn't tie it so specifically to a specific universe. I'd have mm. made it a little more like D&D in that I make it a little more open so you could use Generic your own... sci-fi, yeah. Your own universe. And yeah. maybe that universe that they have, I'd make that a campaign setting for it, maybe. But I think, yeah, Traveller's mm-hmm. probably the one for me, I think. That's pretty good. I'm not sure I'd have done it. I wouldn't have done it exactly the same, but I like life path systems from a start, and yeah. I've used life path systems more than once in my games. So, you know, and that's where they came from. So, yeah, yeah Traveller, I think, would be my yeah. answer. I think... I would go for Dresden Files ones that uses the fate system, mm-hmm. purely because the book is very well written and linked to the books, and mm-hmm. they've kind of written it with, it's got like notes in it and scribbles from the characters, so it feels really creative and fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. yeah. I like nice Dresden choice. Files. It's good. Yeah. it's good which uh, yeah and I just I like the way they've written the rule book and like you say there's little bits that are crossed out that's like notes from the wizard council it's like you can't tell them this and blah 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 so it's written as (laughs) if the characters have I I haven't actually seen the game it's really it's really oh first of all read the books they're very good but also Harry Dresden the main character actually plays role playing games in the book as well sometimes does he? yeah good role playing games what role playing games? I don't know what D&D I think it was D&D wasn't it yeah Yeah. so they have Um, fun and but, I love the idea uh, of that, but yeah. I, I, I must say, I very much struggled to get into the Dresden Files by reading it, but as soon as I started listening to it on audiobook, uh, mm. James Masters, who was spiking <gasps> yes! Buffy... He is so good. He he is so good. It Basically, I, I remember reading like Stormfront, the first one. I was mm. like, no, it's not for me. But someone was like, no, no, you have to try this out. You have to try this out, Pete. I was like, mm, okay. I listened to it. I was like, yes. This is, this is euphonious. This is pleasing to hmm. my ears. And we went with it. And it was really good. So, yeah. Hmm. Um, so, that, anyway. that, yeah, that would be mine, well, just because go. I'm a fan of the setting. Hmm. And I think it would be So, Dread, yeah, fun. Traveller, and Dresden Files. There you go. It's the answer to that. So, if you want to get your question featured, send it to us either by hashtag or feature your question on Twitter, or email us at morrispodcast at gmail.com. And whichever question we feature, we will send a free copy of the Awfully Cheerful Engine soft cover to. Yeah. Ooh. Exciting. Shall we do some RPG news? Yes, let's do some RPG yes. news. Okay. We should. So this week, let us start with a Pathfinder. Yes. Bold choice. Oh, wow. Yes, we should totally do that. Because mm. they've got some bold, bold moves. Yes. I love it. Tell us more. 
So the abomination votes. Yes. Yes. So the abomination vote was released in 2020, I want to say, for Pathfinder Second Edition. It was a three-part adventure path. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're coming up with a compiled version of those three parts in a mm. nice, shiny hardcover. Mm-hmm. Strong choice. Like it. But the twist, the twist in the tale. Indeed. Is that this shiny hardcover is going to be not just for Pathfinder 5th Edition, mm-hmm. uh, 5th Edition, 2nd Edition, but also for D&D 5th Edition. Yes, there yes. you go. Yes. It's for Pathfinder 5th Edition, and D&D 2nd Edition is what this uh, this new hardcover is going to be. Yeah. Yep. So the, um, yep. the Pathfinder version is out in, I think, May, and then the D&D version is out in the autumn. It's like October, yeah. October November time, so that'll be... Yeah. Soon to come. Yeah. So, so this is a big uh, old- I strongly recommend that our listeners play this as advanced first edition because then you have the best of all possible worlds. Yes. Yeah. Uh. So this is a big old mega dungeon, big dungeon. Mm. And, um, Chunky. yeah, I think it's the first Pathfinder mega dungeon, I think. Which I think, I don't think they've done that before. They've, I mean, obviously yeah. they've done a lot of dungeon rules, but they haven't done one quite, quite like this, I don't think. Right. Yeah. Fifth edition and Pathfinder second edition. So there's, there's, Obviously, like online, immediately people said, "Oh no, Pathfinder's in trouble." That's why they're doing uh, a fifth edition. And I've seen a load of Pathfinder <laughs> designers online saying, "No, well, no. <laughs> that's not what it means." The thing is, it's not like they've stopped doing Pathfinder and doing fifth edition. Yeah. They're just mm. doing both. Yes, yes. yes. That's it's know. kind of like we're making lots of money, but we decided we want to make even more money, so we're going to do another version of yeah. it. For- because their, 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 their reasoning is that is a way to get people that don't currently play Pathfinder to mm-hmm. check out Pathfinder. Yeah. And Pathfinder is as much known for its stories and its adventure mm. path as it is for the game system. Yeah. But, so it's kind of like a doorway, I guess, a gateway into Pathfinder for 5th edition fans. A major reason why I picked up the Savage Worlds conversion of the Rise of the Rune Lords, which exactly. is one yeah, of the most exactly. famous exactly. of the first Ed Pathfinder Adventure Pathways, because people, I've never had a chance to play a Pathfinder Adventure Pathway, but mm. people have raved at me about how awesome they are. I'm like, yeah, right. Give it a, Give it a whirl. Yeah. 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 So obviously, yeah. So they've done it for Savage Worlds before, as you just said. Yes. And then they've also got board games and they've got card games yeah. and stuff. It's kind of like about just making Pathfinder a bigger and more brand yeah. rather than just a single mm. game. Galarian, yeah. the world of Lost Omens, they're bringing it out and they're saying, hey, would you like to look at our exciting world? Mm. So, yeah, I think it's a really cool idea. I, um, I'm not going to lie, I, I was fairly interested, but as soon as you said Mega Dungeon, I was like, oh, really? Tell mm. me more. Right. Would you like to talk about Dungeons and Dragons, or would you like to talk about something that's not Dungeons and Dragons? Well, on brand for me is talking about things that are not Dungeons and Dragons, so I'll stick with my branding. Okay, yeah. let's talk Sounds about... Tales of Zadia, the Dragon Prince RPG instead then. Nice. Yes, based on the Netflix animated series, The Dragon Prince. And uh, as we all know, I am the world's leading expert on animated series, and I know everything about them. Um, and The Dragon Prince, Do you? I know lots and lots about, having watched every single episode at least ten times each. Oh, well, I'm the opposite of you then. You'll have to cover this segment, because I have not seen The Dragon Prince on Netflix. Well, the Dragon Prince. Tell us all about has it, a prince mm-hmm. who's a dragon. I wonder if that's true. And it's animated. <laughs> <laughs> it probably does. <laughs> I mean, well, well, this is what listeners tune in to Morris's unofficial tabletop <laughs> RPG talk for: these kind of stunning, dramatic bombshells, which 
Wow. Well, have you Tell seen it, more. Peter? Have any of us seen the Dragon Prince? Yes. Okay. Well, good. Well, seen Peter, Dragon good. You can talk it's about really it. It's really good. Tell yeah, us no, about I'm, I'm super excited about it. Okay. It's got uh, Scottish elves. It's got humans. There is a honking great crack down the middle of a continent, which is full of lava and. On one side, you have magic and unicorns and elves and all the exciting stuff that you might expect. On the other side, you've got humans and some regular things going on because humans like to practice dark magic, which sucks the life force out of stuff because, I don't know, humans are just bad at that. Sort yeah, of yeah, yeah to me. we really are. To be honest, I, I know, right? I know, I know. Um, someone has kidnapped a dragon prince. That's uh, season one, episode one, so I don't feel it's a massive spoiler. And some elves have come to... So is it a prince that's a dragon? It's an egg. Was I right about that? Yes, Russ. You correctly identified that in The Dragon Prince, the prince was in fact a dragon. There we go. See, I am the world's foremost expert on The Dragon Prince. Uh, I think we'll have to refer to the scoring spreadsheet, and we're going to give you a solid 5 out of 10. Excellent work. (laughs) (laughs) Peter's Peter's warming up to run the game, you can tell. This is not a thing that's going to happen. So... But I imagine, Sorry. for what you just said, that setting sounds like it'll lend itself really well to a role-playing game and, mm. you know, a world that you can walk around in. Well, luckily it will, because it is a role-playing game. So the... Yeah. Yeah, so the PTF is available now mm-hmm. for twenty four ninety nine. Hardcover is forty nine ninety nine, and you can pre-order it now, and you'll get it, I think it's May the 26th or something like yeah. that. Yeah. End of May. Exciting. Yeah, like hardcover book. Yes. Um, yeah. And what system are they using? Um, no, Cortex. this yes, this Cortex. is from fandom. I think this is the first yeah. first Cortex. Oh, Cortex! You Cortex licensed game for about ten years, maybe yes. eight years, about Ca- a decade Ca- in Ca- that region. Cam Banks, yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's yeah. really really reassuring. Very yeah. uh, follow them on Twitter. Uh, nice well, Cortex Cortex is now fandom, who oh. is the company that owns D and D Beyond, yes. and all those wikis. Mm-hmm fandom wikis yes. That's, uh, they acquired that system a couple of years ago and that is now their kind of official in-house system yes so I don't know what I mean they're, they're still working with Wizards of the Coast and they still run D&D Beyond so yeah. you know they're doing both but it also means that that means because they do D&D Beyond they've obviously got that infrastructure and expertise Yes. So presumably for their own system, they're going to do something similar because why wouldn't they? Yeah, they do. They got mm-hmm. it's Cortex Prime, so that's um, they got and they got an online version of that that's got all the bells right. and whistles and stuff. So mm-hmm. in the actual same bells and actual whistles. I've not used it myself, but I mm-hmm. had a quick look today because I was um, mm-hmm. doing the news and talking about them because they mm-hmm. updated their community license for the Cortex system. Yes, no, um, so it does look like they've got yeah. a jazzy. Jazzy website with all the information in it. The Wedding same way bells, the whistles, Beyond. and jazz. Yeah. That's right. All the funky noises that I you mean- want for your Cortex <laughs> game. That's amazing. I know. Um, but, but moving on to the next bit of news we're going to talk about is their community license. So they've kind of updated the terms of it mm. because people had some issues with the last one, <laughs> you know, about yes. who owns yes, the material yeah. that's created under the license. Yeah, so, we, so that was what, last, that was sometime last year, wasn't it? It was like November, wasn't it? So, yeah, last November they released their community license and mm-hmm. there was just yeah. a massive amount of instant backlash. Mm-hmm. There was the ricocheted off walls. They yeah, were spat out yeah. so hard. So there was two reasons there. One was that it, um, it appeared that they'd basically taken some kind of software sharing license and just changed a few words. <laughs> which yeah, meant there were, terms, there were terms and clauses in there that just weren't relevant at all to... Yeah. But which, who of us hasn't copied someone else's homework at some point uh, in our lives, you know? 
okay yes that was the first issue it wasn't really and the, and the second issue there was a lot of um concern around like who owned what so the way the original license was phrased mm-hmm. and they clarified this was not their intention yeah but the way the original license was phrased was basically quarter uh, fandom would own everything that you made yeah that was yeah that was that was the core issue yeah um hmm. i think we hashed out with Alan and Penny that the most likely explanation was that they were just trying to cover as many bases as possible in the eventuality that they made the transfer to actual computer gaming. Well, it turns out that what they were trying to do is basically something... I mean, I, from what they were trying to do and what they've now done, I don't see why they didn't just use the open gaming license because I, I okay. feel like that does everything they were trying to do already perfectly well. But they've oh. got their own license. It's quite similar to the open gaming license in concept. Yeah. Yes. So <laughs> any mechanics you make basically can be shared and used by other users of the license. Okay. Whereas any IP of yours, like the names of your characters or your worlds yeah. or your stuff like that, you retain ownership of. Mm. Okay. So, which is kind of what the open gaming license does. You declare PI, product identity, you declare open gaming content and... It is a you bit know. different though, because with the Cortex one, it's for only for non-commercial works. That, yeah, there is that. Yeah, there's so there's an exception. Oh. Tip jars. Yeah, you, you could you could do some Patreons, so you could do tip jars. You can do yeah, some little but... things like that, but you can't. So, for example, us at EM Publishing, we couldn't produce, you know, a Cortex level up, Cortex, for example. Advanced Cortex Prime. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for example, we couldn't do that. Yeah, they did say last year they were going to be coming out with a commercial license though. So this is this is just one half. This is like the com- this is the community yeah. license, not the commercial license. It is, yeah, yeah. But I think that's kind of fair enough. Like people were unhappy and there were legitimate issues of the first one, so they they've listened and they that mm. wasn't their intention, so they've changed it. So I think yeah, fair yeah enough. exactly. Good, good work, fandom. Well done. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Let's have some D and D. You want some D and D? You want to switch to D and D? Yeah. Go on. Okay. Mix we can it up do a that. Bit. Okay. So beats, backgrounds, hit dice, and proficiency bonuses. So, uh, Jeremy Crawford, mm-hmm. and he is the lead rules designer over at Wizards of the Coast for D&D. Mm-hmm. Um, he spoke on a video, a safety advice video, about kind of how the game is heading. Because we know it's like going through a bit of an evolution between now and 2024. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one of the things that is changing is how backgrounds and, f- and feats kind of work. Mm. Okay. So, um, they... I'm just, I'm really, really paraphrasing here, but basically the idea is backgrounds at the moment in D&D are kind mm-hmm. of, you kind of forget about them once you start playing. Yeah. They don't have much effect on your game later on. They give you a couple no. of proficiencies, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, whether you no. were a soldier or you were a, 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 a sailor or whatever, well, kind yeah. of doesn't really factor no. in. So they kind of want to make them more, have more of an impact on your character in the actual game and later mm-hmm. in the game. Yeah. But not to the extent that a class does. No. So what they're doing is um, backgrounds are going to have like background feats, which give you um, not just a mechanical toy. It will give you a mechanical kind of thing to do, but also mm-hmm. it's going to tie directly into the world. And the example he used was, uh, you know, the, the Dragonlance, mm-hmm. Earth Arcana, like two weeks ago, yeah. whenever it was, three weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. That had like um, Knights of Slamnia and stuff like that in there. Yes, yes, that's right. So these tie directly into the world and kind of anchor you in the world. They're kind of like themes with mechanical right. benefits. So would I be correct in saying that you have to have, if you are interested in becoming a Knight of Salamnia and taking all the feats associated with that, mm. you have to have the Knights of Salamnia background? Question mark? 
misinterpreted that. I am not one hundred percent sure. Hmm. I mean, it might that might it might be just that's a route you can take. Doesn't mean it's right, necessarily yeah. the only route. I don't know. But mm-hmm. um, but yeah. So your background, it's not going to be as powerful as your class, but it's going to give you something extra. It's going to boost you a bit, and and also like tie you into the game world a little bit. So is it more right. around like kind of encouraging role play and character development opposed to mechanically doing things? It sounds a bit like yeah yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. I mean, yeah, because I think Knight of Salamnia is definitely, you're just using that example again, a more kind of yeah. solid anchor into the world than Sailor is, isn't it? It's kind yeah, of, true, true. I mean, yeah. to me, I would feel like mm. I am that thing, rather than Sailor. It's just I feel like that's a thing that I know how to do. Does that make I, sense? I guess it's they're just trying to get around the fact that the way you have to design a character in your basic fifth edition is limited. They don't have the mechanical design space of cultures, which, mm. like, a nice stomach could well be a culture. Right, yes. Background, yeah. And you've got no destiny again. So there's mm. no, there's no, there's nothing you can build towards. So really, all they've got to tweak is the background. So I guess they try to tweak mm. backgrounds, make them mm. more relevant. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, you know, it's fair, fair play to them. It's a, it's a tricky job if you're, like, sticking with a... Uh, the basic first edition rules, but yeah. 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 So there's also um, feet chains or feet trees or feet stacking, if you use the terminology they're now using. But basically, okay. feet trees, right? Feet well, have been around. The, what's since the difference between them? There's like different, different words, different words for the same thing. So oh, okay. feet have been around since D and D third edition, obviously. Yes, mm-hmm. just when they were created, mm-hmm. and like feet trees and feet chains have been around since then as well. So a feet a feet tree is. You take, I mean, anyone who's played a video game will know what a skill is. Tree is it is. It's a like feat a, with a prerequisite yeah. of another, another feat? Yeah, yeah. Right. And, and it can be just a flat one or it can branch, but yeah. you know, it's a. Yeah. So, chain so you of, don't, we don't have that in basic first edition. You've just got all the feats. They maybe have like a gate, yeah, yeah. like you have to be able to cast a spell or you've got to have a minimum dexterity or a minimum mm. charisma. Yeah. Uh, I believe in advanced first edition, we have things more like the, the synergy. Synergy feats, yeah, where you, which, which are these, yeah, yeah, which is what we call them, yeah, yeah. and um, what I call the reactive feats. Because I don't know if we've got, I don't know if Advanced Fifth Edition has a proper name for it, where you have something like you get, you take a bunch of nec- necromantic damage, so that enables you to take a vampire, start on the vampire feat tree, just a prerequisite, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a role playing prerequisite as opposed to a, yeah. one. but yeah. um, anyway, so in Heroes of Quinn, that uh, Salamnian initiate kind of yeah. branched into Salamnian knight. Feats. Yes. So that was the truth. So the, it was a feat tree anchored in the world, mm-hmm. and they're kind of like world specific, not so much classes, but do you know what I mean? World specific roles achieved via feat trees with prerequisites mm-hmm. of other feats. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'm just using words now, and I don't know whether the words I use in the order I put them actually makes any sense. Well, based on the context <laughs> of what you said before, yes. Right. Okay. okay. So, so yes, you make it's sense. making sense good, good, to me. Good, good. So, so, glad, so, and of course, a feat is something you'd choose at like levels four, eight, twelve, instead of an ASI like a mm. stat increase. Mm. So these are an option instead. So, I mean, I hope they're not very long because otherwise you <laughs> won't get to the end of it. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's always a, a thing because like, the choice between an ASI or a or a feat is always a always a difficult one. Which is why you're going to yes. make the feats worth taking. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right. In the news also. Oh, I'm sorry, Peter. We've got to do it. The TSR News Update. 
Oh, oh, is this about the exciting world of TSR? Mm. Is it time for a TSR update? It is time for a TSR update. So a new TSR, like new metal. So last weekend, Mm -hmm. TSRCon took place (laughs) at the same time as GaryCon in the same city. I love the fact they call it TSRCon. It's so appropriate. (laughs) Yeah. So um, they claim that between six and eight hundred people went to TSRCon, and they were trying to encourage those people to go to GaryCon. Um, I've seen some pictures online. I've never seen more than like sort of four people in those pictures, but you know, I'll believe. No reason, no reason to believe that these people would lie. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure, why not? Um, Sorry, I just saw something funny out the window. I've also seen seen reports of, like, they have a maximum venue capacity, and obviously it would be deeply stupid and deeply illegal to exceed your maximum capacity for fire escape purposes. And given that this is held in a house, a domestic house. Posting pictures of it online Hmm. does not seem like a smart plan. It's held in someone's house. So it's Gary Gygax's original house, which is now the Dungeon Hobby Shop Museum. But basically, size-wise, it's a house. Oh, okay. It used to be a house. It's now a a museum. So size-wise, just to get Mm. a sense of it, it's a fairly big house because it's in America. But it's still a house. That's true. No. It's not not like a convention centre or a... Six to eight hundred people in someone's house. Mm. Quite... I mean, 20 people in someone's house. That feels like a lot. That's quite a lot too, yeah. 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 Maybe 40, you're going... I mean, I cannot imagine getting 100 people To be fair, I don't house. think it means that 800 people were there at the same time. Well, they wouldn't be able to, The convention they? lasted two or three days, and 800 yeah, people came in and out. Even so, like, you'd, we need about 50, 60 people there at a time. I like, guess. Just, I guess. I mean, that's assuming yeah. six to 800 people did actually go to... Uh, hey, we've got no <laughs> reason to doubt there were. <laughs> that's true, that's true. So... <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, I tried um, to say it for face. I tried. I tried. Come on. So they uh, also posted pictures of a bunch of Advanced Dungeons and Dragons first edition leather covered books. They've that even they are got selling. ribbons though, Russell. With as well. ribbons, six yeah. and typos on the cover, which I thought was highly entertaining, for $650 each. Good luck. Great value for money. So these are, as far as I can make out, Mm-hmm. This isn't, I don't think this is actually illegal anyway, because I think it's just, they've got some old books and they've rebound them. Right. So they're selling, they're selling objects that they own and you're allowed to do that. You can yeah. sell a second hand book yeah. and rebound it. So that's not, that's not the issue. Right. Um, but although they are still using the, put in great big, like TSR logo on the front cover, which is the logo that is currently they're being sued by over by Wizard of the Ghost. Yes. Which we're going to find out the results of very soon because those twenty-one days are going to be coming up pretty soon. I think. I think yeah, it's coming. Up really, I think it's like the fourth of April or yeah, something. Yeah, it's really is, soon. So yeah. probably by but next week. Yeah, we can have another TSR update. Hey. Is when uh, yes, they they yeah. have and both parties have until then to yeah. object so, or request. But yeah. well, these for the leather bound. $650 each. Um, I mean, they're kind of like, um, if you go on eBay and you look for these books, they're kind of often sort of in that sort of one or $200 range in kind mm-hmm. of like slightly dodgy condition. And some of these are like mm. the rarer editions of it. So the price, it is expensive, but mm. I mean, some people do pay that stuff for collectible I mean, it's, stuff. Yeah, as I was say, it's a collectible, mm. isn't it? Yeah. So it's to yeah. say it's the first one. Uh, so. I, they sort of put me in mind of the collected works of like HP Lovecraft, if you're familiar 
mm-hmm. uh, with that. It's sort of got that black and gold design, which mm. I, I'm, I'm moderately surprised on how does, 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 the whole does, thing Does that is. have a typo on the front cover, though? No. Where? Which one? <laughs> have you seen Rust. the picture? Have you got the picture in front of yeah, you? Yeah, oh, I have the picture no. in front of me with the five right, black look and white. At the, so there's five books in that picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look oh. at the top middle one. Look at the uh, okay, so Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. That's fine. Deities yeah. and Demigods, Cthulhu and Melnibonian Mythos. That's fine. Okay. Cyclopedia of Gods and Heros. Oh, they missed out the E. <laughs> they misspelled <laughs> Heros. <laughs> Oh, I wouldn't have picked oh. up on that. <laughs> well, that's not an American spelling or something, no, is it? We're not being. No, it's not. That is a, a, a genuine misspelling of heroes on the front cover of their six hundred and fifty dollars book. Maybe that makes it more valuable. I don't know. There's even yeah. there right now. Yeah, yeah. Like the, like, I mean, maybe they're bound upside down as well. Like, um, we can only hope. Yeah, I got gifted once a like it was like about. Well, these like little three inch cross square books. Mm. It was like a little book of it, witty insults, and inside it was actually bound a book of love poetry. Mm. Well, I thought that was very cute. So, mm. yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, TSR did say something about these books. They say they tweeted or Facebooked, I think it was actually. Uh, Look what just came in. Sorry, we didn't have these in for TSRCon. In the beginning, Wizards of the Coast said similar to what people below are saying, which is just kind of like, huh, how is that legal? Blah, blah. Uh, then they said, we said they are rebound of old material. Long story short, Wizards of the Coast said, okay, no problem. We have it in writing, which may or may not have happened. Who knows? I, I mean, it's a hell of a way to do business when it, you, you have to make a public statement that actually people aren't going to sue us for producing these books. I mean, that's mm-hmm. not how I would do business, but I guess everyone's different and mm-hmm. I don't like to judge. Yeah. So anyway, there we go. We've done it. We've done it. We've done it. It's done. The TSR news is over. That painful, that painful segment of your week, Peter. You threw it, and on the other side. Yeah, yes. Uh, I've enjoyed my temporary boast of shouts and shouts. Well, shall I, shall yeah. I make it up? Shall I make it up to you, Peter? Since you had to yeah. sit through the TSR news, shall let's we talk, talk about, about an excellent new book. Let's talk about an excellent new book that just hit drive through RPG mm-hmm. for Level Up Advanced Fifth Edition. It's called. Oh. Homebrew and Hacking, Crafting, Heritages and Cultures is by someone called PJ Coffee. Has anyone heard of this person? Oh, no, I don't. You discovered my non plume. <laughs> How could you break that sophisticated code? <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, so you can now get it, uh, can you get it in P- uh, print format now? You for, can. Yeah. Yes. Soft cover as well. Yeah, standard and premium. Yeah. I personally think the premium is much nicer, but not Everyone's working to the same budget, so I also mm. offer it in standard colour. Yeah, okay. But yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty good. And obviously there is a hardship fund associated. I do need to update the page because mm. I keep forgetting. But yeah, we've got a hardship fund of, I think, a hundred copies or something. Mm. But it's part of the Kickstarter. So if you're listening and you're like, I really like the vert for advanced fifth edition, get in touch. Okay. Great. Right I on. think you're the first one that's been released on Drive Through RPG that's using the level up. Um, system as a third party there's one one adventure Anthony Anthony is the first person to release oh that's okay I thought I thought sorry not not, not letting the grass grow well I'm I'm probably the first one to release a rule supplement so Mm. yeah there we go that's probably what I meant yeah yeah (laughs) that's okay and who knows maybe I mean where where are you releasing your next book for us Uh, (laughs) which one (laughs) so many lined up at the moment I I know (laughs) 
I need to see if I can sneak out another one. We've got some cards coming soon. Cards? Cards. Yeah. You say soon. They're not even at the printer yet, so we haven't passed the print files. I'd I'd hold your breath on talking about that, maybe. (laughs) But there will be cards coming, yeah. There will be combat maneuver cards, yeah, at some point later this year. Okay, I'm actually excited. We've been working on keeping yeah. the cost as reasonable as we you can. You can't be as well. excited, Peter, because you're not making your excited noise. I am. It's the, just too high pitched. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but they they will be really good actually, because it's going to be a little uh, deck box yeah. of standard sized playing cards, with all the combat maneuvers on, and if people like them and they're, you know, it's worthwhile having, we'll do it for other things like spells and various That's other things. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So I mean, we're only printing a certain number of them to test yeah. the water. We're not yes. like. Mm printing thousands and thousands of them. So we're going to test the water, see how that goes. If we yeah. if we get a good response, we'll do more. The plan but, is to know, have them in time for the UK Games Expo. So we'll have Fingers some crossed. copies there Fingers as well. Yeah. Fingers crossed. We'll Fingers have crossed. them. But it all depends Ooh. on the global shipping crisis. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Which is getting better. Which is getting yeah. better. It is. Oh, but nice. anyway, uh, yeah. But yeah, yeah. So that will be coming along as well. All right. Let's talk Exciting. about death. Ian. Spell. I'm glad you carried on. Just like let's talk about death. As let's talk about week. death. Do we have to? I mean, it's How do you feel about your mortality? I just don't, I just don't worry I about mean. it. I just don't think about it. Ignore it. It's the way forward. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, literally, how I deal with all the issues in my life. Yeah. Yeah. So, so death space. Yes. It's a new science fiction survival game. Yes. Okay. Like miners and workers. Sort of blue collar mm. workers, sort of like the mm. people in Alien, I guess. Yeah, yeah. That, that sort of thing. Um, in yeah. space, uh, mm. there's like resources are scarce and stuff. So there's, uh, it's a lightweight system, an original lightweight mm. system. And it's coming, I think it's coming via Free League. Oh, yes, okay. it is Free League, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's coming from Free League. So it's so available. It'll be gorgeous. It, no, oh, be gorgeous. I think they sent, they had some mm. previews of the books it's somewhere. Black and it did. white, I think. Yeah. The, art, the interior mm. art's all black and white. It's kind of got Strong. this kind of. Um, the cover had like a foily kind of image yeah. on, mm. so it was all shiny and yeah. um, it looks very pretty. We had um, mm. on the video summary, there's a picture of it up on there. So this mm. week in Tabletop, mm. there's a picture yeah. on the Actually, video. I've got there. Free Leagues page open, the store page open now. So it's, it's the pre order thing here. Yeah. So pre order oh, is 298 kroner, Swedish okay. kroner, which is about $30. $30, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, so you, so you play the crew of a, a ship and the void whispers to the unlucky and imbues travellers' bodies with strange powers. Mm-hmm. It's about you and your crew making a home of your spacecraft or station, your only sanctuary in a dangerous universe. Nice. It looks quite cool because I think it's got like crafting and resource management. So when yeah. it's a survival, it's I imagine it's going to get pretty gritty at time. Like we're in space mm-hmm. and we only have... X amount of fuel to get us here. We've got to ration this and that. But so. to be honest, they sold it to me just by calling it death in space. <laughs> it yeah. didn't really matter after that. Sold. Okay, <laughs> fine. <laughs> Two customers are right here. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. I, I imagine they're probably going to use the alien trauma mechanics. No, no. Original, the, oh, original lightweight oh. system. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. Mm. So it's not. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not using their. Uh, what's what's their system called? Um, uh. Uh, the Tales of the Loop system? No, oh, yeah, yeah. It's that, um, I totally blanked on it, and we, we do no. know it because we've talked about it before. I've totally okay. blanked. I, I, the we, the system they're using the, in the year game? Zero, year Zero. Because it was originally yes, from using Year Zero. Year zero. Yeah. So it's the go. Year Zero yeah. engine, yeah, yeah. But they're not using that. But they're not using that, no. 
Interesting. Okay. I don't think they're producing it in-house. I think they're publishing it for uh, another company. Right, and I right, could probably right. find out that piece of information if I were to make one more click. Oh, are they? I didn't realise that. I thought uh, it was Free League themselves. Christian Plogfors and Carl Nibblaus. Okay. Uh, okay. Which sounds like Swedish names to me. Oh, yeah, of Stockholm Cartel. There you go. There we go. Uh, there we not go. the cartel as in, like, you know. No. But that's the, the name of the, the company. Yes, cartel exactly. Yes, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, right, what else is there? So, Jess, do you want to tell me about GameFound? Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> so, Please, tell us about um, So, GameFound is a crowdfunding platform similar to yes. Kickstarter, uh, and it's specifically for uh, for games like tabletop games. Um, and they've been in the beta kind of version of their site being launched, um, and so it was an invitation only for you know kind of process while they're in their beta and figuring stuff out. But now it is open to anybody and everybody um so you know uh, if you want to go and launch your game on GameFound, you certainly can now because it's uh, available on there um, they've had some investment as well haven't they they had well Ooh. they started out they had a really big investment of who was it from because i've forgotten now it was a board game company whose name i forget yeah oh um it was a, a big, big german one yeah. A big German yes. board game. Is it Ravensburger? Yes. Something, yes. Ravensburger yeah. game. There yes. we go. See, That's between how big they are. I remember their name. Look at that. There's, there's Peter with the facts. Look at that. Yeah, I know. Enjoy, that, enjoy it. Marking your diary. Between the three of us, between the three of us, there is one competent host here, I can tell you that. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so they invested uh, a, a, a huge amount of money into getting it up and started. Hmm. And I think the idea is that you can, you've got different levels and it comes with an inbuilt pledge manager. Hmm. Um, and I think there was talk of them helping with like printing and fulfillment side of things as well. But I could hmm. be making that up but the idea is it's like a one-stop shop and it's a really simple and and really good for kind of creators to kind of use yeah yeah so the pledge manager i haven't looked at it myself but we haven't looked at it but i'm wondering if this will be a competitor for kickstarter for i hope so i hope so yeah and well i mean it depends on who can access it for funding and so forth just just anything that forces forces kickstarter to have to sort of react to sort of consumer pressure in some way would be nice because at the moment, you know, although it is the dominant uh, crowdfunding platform out there, in terms of tools for the publisher to use, the creator to use, it is definitely the least featured of them all and difficult to use. So it would be nice if perhaps if someone started to make a bit of a sort of dent in the market, Kickstarter might... You know, it's good for consumers, basically, isn't it? Competition yeah. is good for consumers. It yeah, forces, forces forces companies to adapt and improve. Monopolies are bad, as mm. we know from the classic board game. <laughs> hey! <laughs> yes, oh, that's true. Um, certainly, they have significantly more than 25%. Um, I don't significantly know more, I think, yeah. Significantly more. I mean, do, do any other crowdfunding platforms even come close? I mean, Indiegogo, but not for tabletop RPGs so much, I think. They're, they're a bit mm. bigger on things like video products, projects and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. And, and Itch does some, but I, am, I think it is very small. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, essentially, it's going to depend upon where sort of the main body of... So, so basically, you sort of have games and you have supplements, and I design supplements because I'm not interested in designing my own game because mm-hmm. 
there are literally millions out there and anything I could possibly think of will have been done better by somebody else already. So I might as well go and find and play their game, is my thinking. Uh-huh. Uh, whereas stuff like supplements and so forth, it sort of depends upon where your customers are. So yeah. if A5E starts moving on to a different platform, I I know for a fact that I would also move on to that platform because I quite yeah. like uh, having customers. Mm. Uh, it's a it's a really yeah. good feeling, and I'm I'm really delighted with how people have been. So I just want to make more stuff for them. Mm. But awesome. it's basically if Call of Cthulhu decided to move all their stuff, then all the ecosystem around that would also move. Mm. Yeah, is my thinking. Yeah, Crazy. I think you're right. I think. Yeah. Keep an eye on GameFound, really, because like they say, they're open to anyone that's making tabletop games or tabletop gaming mm. accessories. So yeah. maybe we'll see some people trying it out and see see what happens. Yeah. yeah. Right. Is there any other news that I may have missed? Gen this Con week? news. Gen Con. What's the Gen Con? Gen Con. Well, Gen Con is happening in August. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. So a big gaming convention. That's uh, not the news. About. That is not the news. No, um, no, okay. But although it is. A piece of news. Um, but yeah, they have uh, opening applications for their Gen Con participation grants. Um, so if you're from an historically underrepresented community in gaming, um, you can have a grant so that you can attend. So the grant is people that receive it, you'll get complimentary four day passes and you get an amount of money to spend on like transport and lodging and other expenses when you go. And that can be between like $450 and $1,500, depending on your circumstances Mm. uh you'll be able to apply for that between the 4th of april and may 15th and Mm. the idea is that if you are from like a tabletop gaming community or you're involved with like geeky culture or communities Mm. and that community would benefit from you being at gen con uh Mm. then you can apply to that um so that can Mm. be things like if you have an online tiktok stream or twitch or you Mm run a local game store or you're an artist or you know anything like that and they say they're encouraging black indigenous and other people of color to apply um but you know anybody can apply if you feel that you would benefit from the grant um so yes you can apply on this which i think is quite nice as well because i think historically Mm. in the industry some people it's it is expensive going to conventions Mm. so it's nice that you know some people that perhaps wouldn't have the disposable income to do that will get a chance to do excellent I, I mean, I think it sounds really amazing because it gives people a chance to build their network yeah. of people they know because networks make a lot of difference. And, it and does, we say yeah. network, and we say networks like it's a bad thing, but basically it's like, who are you, you pals know. with are the people that you tend to end up working mm. with. Yeah. Right then. Um, I have a bit of news. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah, it's from Brandon Lian Gambetta, who is obviously of Passion de los Passiones game. The one of those games which I do not own, which I should go get to own because I would very much like to play it, which is all about Mexican telenovelas. Brandon has branched cool. out into the world of Rad Crawl Worlds, which is a free semi GM dungeon crawler experience, which is happening right now on Discord. What does semi GM mean? Yeah, I don't know. It's just like I saw this and it looked like the best idea it it is literally going live this monday which will be uh the 4th of april yeah with all features in place friday which is today they're having their first day's event uh with a dungeon that apparently has some teeth be there for every sword slash every bite and every he's got a little tombstone there i think and if you only want to dabble come in anyway vote when you feel like it skip it when you don't lowest pressure ttrpg ever play lowest pressure gm idol Massively multiplayer online tabletop RPG that will ever exist. 
So, so you go on Discord with a whole bunch of people and you're all playing some sort of kind of RPG together on Discord. Yeah, yeah. It's the Rad Crawl World. You know, I don't even know what it is, but I'm just like, this is... I'm liking all the... Like it's worth a... I like the, all the, the words points. are good. Yeah, hmm. it sounds like it's going to be like a big community online thing and yeah. just a group of fellow nerds doing a thing together is generally good. So Yeah, I, I, and, uh, I say Brand, we, Brandon has yeah. a lot of credit with me just due to like the amazing ideas that they've thrown out. And I follow them on Twitter, so I thought I'd give them a shout out. So, um, nice, yeah. Where, yeah. where can we find out more or where can people find out more information? Rad Crawl Worlds on Discord. So that. Appears to be the place to go. So, yeah. Okay. It it sounds interesting. I I, I need to go check it out. (laughs) Yeah, let's go check it out and report back next week, maybe. Mm. Welcome to Cobalt and Smith's, the makers of the finest armour in all the land. Uh, Yes, indeed. Welcome, milady. What can we do for you today? Oh, well, I'm uh, here to buy some armour, of course. Oh, excellent, milady. And who would this armour be for, perchance? Um, well, it's uh, it's for me, of course. Well, for you, milady? Uh, yeah, obviously. You'd think I stride around town with a bloodstained sword and a menacing scowl for the fun of it. Um, I'm a knight, so uh, I need some armour. Uh, jolly good, madam. Uh, we do a fine range of armour and other accoutrements for ladies such as yourself. Um, okay, well, no accoutrements needed, chaps. Just just some armour, uh, if, if you please. Uh, is this armour ceremonial, perhaps? Uh, no, uh, I intend to wear it while disemboweling doers of evil and fiendish abominations of the Nine Hells. I see, I, I see. Well then, let us show you our wares. <laughs> How about this fine suit, my lady? Perfect for a hot day's adventuring, I say. Um, it's a bit skimpy, don't you think? It's skimpy, my lady. I mean, look, it's, it's basically just a bikini. I assure you, it is the latest in ladies' fashion. Perfect in hot climbs and the summer months. Uh, ladies' fashion, hot, hot climbs. I'm, I'm here to outfit myself for Mortal Kombat. This thing wouldn't protect me for a second. Which part of it do you not like, milady? <laughs> the top part or the bottom part? I, I don't like any of it. Now fetch me some armour befitting a knight of the realm and I'll, I'll need some magical items too. Oh, magical items. Yes, yeah. We just got a small shipment of boots of swiftness, milady. Here, let me show you. Oh, yes. Just arrived this morning. The very latest model. Um, why are these high heels? But why wouldn't they have, my lady? God, you know, I'm getting really fed up with this. I'm not entering a beauty pageant. Fetch me something more practical or I'll have your heads. Oh, no need to get uppity, my lady. Uppity? (laughs) Uppity? How very dare you? Oh, my apologies, my lady. Yes, my lady. Were you after a new sword, perchance? Ah, we have a selection of swords here which are certain to delight. You call these little trinkets swords? Perfectly designed and balanced for ladies look like yourself, milady. Those are no swords. Do you know what? This is a sword. (gasps) I am a knight of 16th rank, leader of the Duke's personal guard and finest fighter in all the realm, and you are wasting my time. Now put aside these frickin' chainmail bikinis and high heels and fetch me some real armour. All oh, right, you are, my lady. We'll get right on it. And if you utter one more patronising, condescending, narrow-minded, chauvinistic, bigoted syllable, 
I'll stick this sword where the sun don't shine. Ooh, be meeting a thesaurus, have we, milady? <laughs> well, that's another 30 XP at least. It's time to play our favourite game. It's time to play the game. Our favourite game in all the world. Guess the Kickstarter from just the name. Do you know what time it is now? Is it middle time? It is not middle time. It's also not hammer time. Do what it is... Time to play our favourite game? The time to play our favourite game in all the world. The game where I read out the name of a Kickstarter and you try and guess what it is from just the name. Who would like to go first this week? Interesting. Uh, would you like to or shall I? Um, who went first last week? We could just take it in turns. Mm, you. Okay, well then it can be you that goes first this week. How about that? Oh, for fairness. Right. Into the Valley Perilous I ride. Peter. Yes. What is... The Griffin's Saddlebag, a book two. You can ignore the book two bit, I think. It is the second one of this thing. What is the Griffin's Saddlebag? Like, I have no idea, but I am super intrigued. Uh, How are you spelling Griffin? That is important. Griffon. G-R-I-F-F-O-N. Oh, okay. Right, Griffon. Well, I was hoping for G-R-Y, P-H-O-N. But no, I have been bamboozled. Right, uh, Griffin Saddlebag. Um, I believe this is a book of trinkets and magical items and all sorts of exciting things that a travelling trader that flies around on the Griffin would provide for you. Um, it is the second book of these things because it has even more uh, common, uncommon, rare and artifact level things which are just available from a dungeon side or roadside trader and it's got all sorts of ideas for implementing these and I am going to take a punt and say it's probably 4th edition. You are correct. Wow. (laughs) So it's the second in a series of (laughs) magic items, player options and more. So it's got... It's over 400 pages long. It's for 5th edition, as you said. It contains over 500 magic items. It's over 400 pages long. Yeah. Wow. It has got 12 subclasses, two playable races, and 14 campaign agnostic settings. Bloody hell. Yeah. So it's basically... my French, It's kind of an eclectic collection of a ton of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Great. We love stuff. So I'm going to give you 100 points for that, Peter, but you can double those if you can guess within 10% mm-hmm. how well this is funded in US dollars so far. Oh, uh, when, it's last couple of weeks? So. It's got 13 days to go. Right. Um, I think it's probably around, um, uh, I want to say 6,000%. In US dollars. You asked me you asked for a percentage. 10%. Right? No, guess within 10% how much it is funded in US dollars. So it's funded, oh. if it's oh. funded $100, okay. you've got a guess, and you oh, guess okay. between 90 and 110, you win. Okay. I reckon a book like this could easily be breaking the quarter million mark. 816,000 with nice. two weeks to go. It is going to hit the million dollars. Gonna smash it. Nice. It's a big one. Nice. This is the well second played. Kickstarter from Griffin McCauley. Yes. Ah. Created one before 
Yeah. Uh, which was uh, more magic items for 5e, the Griffin Saddleback Book 1. Yes. Had the foresight to call it Book 1 back then. And that one did that one did six hundred and sixty three thousand dollars on on the very first Kickstarter. I, I mean, wow. what, what I'm hearing is somebody emptied out and laid out their GM holder. I was like, okay, and asked the publisher, and the publisher's like, you do realise we're going to have to use wire binding for this book because it's mm. going to be such yeah. a behemoth. Uh, at which point they're like, oh, okay, well, let's go for a book yeah. one, book two. And I think, I think there is a book three on the way, hmm. is what I am so, hearing. So the way, but so amazing. this one has a lot of stuff to go with it. Is Yeah. So generally when you get these million dollar Kickstarters, mm. usually there's a, it, there's a lot of accessories and stuff to go with it. So you've got the standard mm. and deluxe book. Yes. You've also got a box set of cards. You've got a, a, an actual saddlebag backpack, mm-hmm. uh, a saddlebag character binder. Uh, a saddle beanie, a saddle beanie, uh, a, key ring, a, a dice bag, some dice, yeah. faction banners, bookmarks, uh, astral griffin mini. Uh, oh, there's just tons of stuff. There's tons and tons of stuff. Toiletry bags, some coins, to go in your saddle bag for the weekend. Some tape, some washi tape. Do you actually get some saddle bags? Because I feel this would uh, be really a GM so. screen. So basically, this is a accessories Kickstarter plus a book. <laughs> so much. There is so much stuff you can pick up here, and, it's, and there's a book. I assume that's for the higher tier pledges. I'm sure you can just get the yeah. book if, if yeah. you would yeah. like. These are add-ons which you can. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, yeah. We should have done that with Level Up. Why didn't we have Beanie House? Well, that's, that is how you do it. You, if, you, if you include minis and you include all this stuff, that's how you do it. But it does cost a lot to do all that stuff. I mean, yeah. yeah. So you know, your profit margins aren't maybe quite. I don't know. I can't speak to their profit margins. I have no idea. It certainly sounds like, but there's a reason. There's a reason we chose to do it the way we did. Yes, like that. Make sure that you can deliver a quality product. But yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that obviously that these aren't quality products, but it's not oh, something yeah. that you. No, it's all very high quality. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah but it's yeah. not something that you've done before, so you can't mm. really guarantee expertise in that fashion. Yes. Yeah. Jess, your turn. Okay. Go on, Jess. You can do this. This is one of those ones with a colon after it. It okay. gives it away, so I'm not going to tell you what's after the colon. But, but so that's... Okay. <laughs> which makes it just one word, I'm afraid. Oh, damn. <laughs> the hard ones. Tempest. Okay. I think it's definitely a tabletop role-playing game. Mm, good thinking. And I'm going to stop that. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Tempest. So mm. I'm thinking the Tempest, written mm-hmm. by some bloke. Not many people. It's a pretty niche guy. Shakespeare, I don't know. Shakespeare Shaka- <laughs> yes. is the correct pronunciation. It's a pretty niche reference. I'm sure no one else has heard of him. Will I am Shakespeare. Will I am. Yeah. He was in the Black Eyed Peas. Um, yes. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Uh, is it that? No, no, I'm not going to go for that. It's not, no one's, it's not, it's not going to be a Shakespeare themed role playing game because that would be, that would be good though. But anyway, no. It could be. I think there have been. I decided this isn't. So, Tempest, um, I think it's a role playing game and I, I don't know. <laughs> so, I think uh, it's, the setting is, I'm going to just go for something. It's like a pirate setting and it's about storms and like, you're traveling the seas and it's very dangerous and there's esoteric creatures coming out of the water to get you. What system do you think this is for? Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Just pick one. Oh, I don't know. Um, 
Um, I'll pick statistically likely to be fifth edition. There you go. Spot on. It is exactly that. Hey. So build maritime campaign setting for D&D fifth edition. Yeah. There you go. Brilliant. There you go. Well, Spot on. 100 points too. You're both on yeah. 100 points too. Wow. I can't believe I actually did that. You got it exactly right. Spot yeah. on. Um, it's done £40,000. It's got oh, 20 was, days to go. I was going to say, was I going to guess to try and double my points? But never mind. Oh, okay. Guess, try. No. It's too late <laughs> it's now. Too late now. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon right, it's right, around. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, it's got some subclasses as well. Um, it's got systems for ship combat and crew management. Mm-hmm. Uh, a world of storm and mystery. Basically, exactly what you said. Great. Cool. Well Thank you very much. Awesome. I'll take those okay. points. Woo-hoo. So you are not Shakespearean. Hegging. Okay. So Peter, what is an unexpected wedding invitation? Hmm. Um, a delight is what it is. Oh, right. But this is the name of the game. So uh, I am intrigued because uh, an unexpected wedding invitation. That is making my literary senses tingle slightly. No, it was an awfully big adventure. That was J.M. Barry on death. So, an expected invitation. This is sort of making me think of the start of Lord of the Rings for some reason, but I think but that wasn't a wedding invitation. There may be something on there. Anyway, an unexpected wedding invitation. I think this is a book for an adventure path. And, um, actually, is it? No, I bought that. Uh, what we shall instead say is this is a, a supplement for some sort of Victorian or Edwardian style role playing game in the style of Bridgerton, where you can afford to flounce around in your biggest, fanciest frock. Um, and that's just the men. And, what you have is, uh, yeah, an amazing game of lots of social intrigue and romance, but probably also with a murder mystery thrown in because that's what every wedding needs a murder Scandal. in it to just spice things up a bit. Not bad. So what this is, is a Jane Austen inspired romance and mystery adventure for D&D 5th edition. That's like what he said. Exactly. That's why exactly. I said not bad. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much what he said. You didn't say it was 5th edition. I would, I would um, go as far as to say it's good and not bad. You know, that's well, the level above. Well, Thank you, you're, you're well, not the judge of this game, are you? The spreadsheet is. I would and like to be. The spreadsheet says not bad. I would like to be the judge of the game, but I'm told but I'm not allowed. Be, so. Yeah, see? <laughs> <laughs> that's not a thing that's going to happen. So, uh, listeners, now is the perfect time to mount your peer pressure campaign, which is which will not judge. work. <laughs> I'm very, I'm a very podcast. judgmental person. I'm very qualified never, for I this. Know, it ever, just reflexively ever happened. <laughs> uh, so, I'll give you seventy-five out of hundred for that, Peter. Huh. The spreadsheet is true. If you said, if you said the magic words Jane Austen and Fifth Edition, you'd go. But Bridgerton is is so you know it's that right. same thing. It's, a, it's adjacent. Yes. Yes. What? 175 to 100, which leaves... I believe. Thank you. Which leaves, Jess, Mm -hmm. with... Yeah. Dandies and Dandiesettes. That sounds like another... What? That sounds like another, like, Regency setting, like Dandies. It's like Victorian... Dandies and Dandiesettes. Isn't that sort of Victorian... A dandy, like a, a gentleman in a dapper hat and things like that. So... Is that a question or a statement? I, I'm more asking. That's what a dandy is, isn't it? Like, uh, you know? Maybe. 
it's a great characterization. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to help you. Yeah. Okay. Well, to the audience, I'm saying this sense they can scream at their podcast going, no, or yes. Yeah, so I think you're dandy. So I think it's another Victorian sort of themed um, game similar to the similar to the last one. So it's got like intrigue and maybe a bit of a steampunk vibe for fun. Because if you're going to Victorian, why not throw a bit of steampunk in? Um, and because it's got dandyettes. What's it called? Dandies and... Dandyzettes. Dandyzettes. There's a Z in the middle. Dandyzettes. Uh, is that meant to be like a female version of a dandy? Maybe. You can't tell me. Oh, sorry. Why can I keep asking you questions? Um, I'm just used to asking questions that I don't know the answer to something. People tell me. Um, yeah, so I'm going to decide it's like a steampunk Victorian type thing with like social intrigue and um, fun steampunk vibes. It's not a fifth edition uh, system. It's a different one, which I don't know. What would you, what sort of steampunk system would you use? I'm going to go really oh. rogue and have, I'm just going to say it's fate. <laughs> out of nowhere mm. for no reason other yeah. than okay. I just mentioned it earlier so I'll mention it again yeah. so this is a role playing game set in Regency England mm-hmm. okay it's not Fate and it's not Steampunk okay so some of the character um, sort of examples they give the year is 1810 you were the recently appointed Aww. vicar in a country village and you've just given your first sermon it's time to meet your parishioners or the year is 1813 you are an heiress and a guest at your aunt's estate she has invited a young Viscount she would like you to marry, but there are several other guests you have yet to meet. So basically, it's British was, and the role-playing game. Yeah, I was like 100 years late. <laughs> so Happens all the time. Yeah. Um, this has uh, just funded. It's, uh, it's done three... Just, oh, it's done $4,000. It's 3,000 gold. So three weeks left to go. Role-playing game set in Regency, England. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could use 75 points as well there. Oh, that's generous, which I means, think. Which means that you are level pegging, which means we need a tie Ooh. break. To decide, because we, we had one last last week. We had a... Um, a tie. We had a tie. We can't have a tie again. We can't. I don't think. That's just... Oh, again, so for the traditional... What, what is it not? not? Yeah. Mm. So, so the tie break is I'll give you the name of something and you have to tell me what it's not. And the idea I like the best wins. Oh, okay. Week. I could be better at this game. Okay. You I think. could be. Yeah. Yeah. We'll find out in a minute. All right. Okay. So looking at the options, crawling death below the dying forest. I have an idea. What is that mm. not? I'll tell you what it's not. So mm. it's um, basically the setting is Jurassic Park. So, um, mm. however, unlike in the films, the issue wasn't contained and the dinosaurs have got out of the park. They have taken over the earth as the rightful masters and you are um, some of the last remaining survivors on earth crawling through the bottom of the forests, <laughs> trying mm. to survive in a world filled with chaotic dinosaurs and the dinosaurs have learned how to use tools, so they all have air rifles and various... Um... So it's Planet of the Apes, but dinosaurs. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> that would be a really good way to sum it up, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So and they Peter. can fly planes. And they can fly planes. Yeah. What, what was the name of it, sorry? It was Crawling... <laughs> crawling Death Below the Dying Forest. Oh, well, I mean... One of the things that doesn't get a lot of love in role-playing games is entomology, the study of insects. So <laughs> what this is, is this is all about the 
uh, essentially a dungeon crawl set in the forest, except that you take the part of insects who are trying to survive in a vicious world full of like giant flying birds that might swoop in and bite you and the most dire and fearsome of en- enemies, the hedgehog, uh, which will attempt to take you out. So it's sort of like, uh, if Farthing Wood had the animals, has the megafauna supervillains, and you are the plucky, uh, multi-limbed beetles and centipedes and woodlice that are trying to survive. Hmm. So do I prefer Planet of the Apes but dinosaurs or woodlice hiding from hedgehogs? Um, they're both really good <laughs> and I if anyone wants to use these as concepts I think you have yeah, our permission well, to please image, make this again the image of a velociraptor in a biplane with goggles and a scarf well, sort of goggles, streaming out behind yeah. it goggles and a scarf might be making it a bit of gonzo it's a serious game <laughs> yeah come on guys I think, I, think, I think the dinosaurs have to win. Woohoo! I think the dinosaurs yeah. have to win that one. So, well done, Jess. You have won. But I will yes. tell you what this actually is. Oh, okay. Uh, this is on GameFound. Oh. Oh. It's oh. A, not Kickstarter, GameFound. The, right. new, the new crowdfunding platform. It's a 55-room dungeon crawl, but the rooms move, and it's for Mork Borg. Ah... Uh. Yeah. But Jess is the winner of our favourite game in all the world. Woo-hoo! Jess, you get to take home the trophy, the smug sense of self-satisfaction. Excellent. Yeah. Hello, everybody. Uh, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We just wanted to mention our Patreon. Peter, are you familiar with our Patreon? Oh, is it uh, patreon.com slash Morris? Yes. M-O-R-R-U-S. At patreon.com forward slash Morris, you can find our Patreon, which is what pays for our podcast and buys us all these wonderful microphones and mixers and other little bits and pieces. And wires. So many wires. And all these wires. Uh, We have a load of wonderful Patreon backers at the moment. And those backers get... We cherish you all. Yes, we do cherish them very much. And those backers get bonus content every single week, just as a thank you for uh, for backing our Patreon. And because they're so awesome and so quick off the mark, they also get to like talk to us in our Discord channel, which is pretty good. Mm. And we sometimes even deign to answer that. Uh, but even more importantly, when we have guests coming onto the show, they have the opportunity to ask questions of those guests. Mm. Um, and then we will pass on the questions that we think we our guests will answer. So please, if you do enjoy the podcast, head on over to patreon.com forward slash Morris. Link will be in the show notes. Yes. And support us, even with just a dollar a month. Every little, every little bit helps. Okay, so the topic of the week this week is one yeah. page... RPGs, but also let's extend that to adventures and dungeons. So one-page nice. RPG experiences, should we call it? Oh, very nice. Yeah. So one that immediately comes to mind for me is Lasers and Feelings because I had John Harper mm. on the podcast on Monday on Not D and D, so we talked about that. So that's a great, mm. literally one pay, piece of A4 paper where you yeah. get to be an interstellar crew on your spaceship um, and fly around the galaxy with shenanigans happening mm. and um mm. yeah you just have one number so you pick a number between uh, between two and five mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. have to roll under it or over it whether you're trying to do a lasers thing which is like 
sciencey things or a feelings thing, which is like trying to convince someone, yeah. you know. Yeah, and that's a really good game. And it's always my go-to uh, game that I recommend to people if you've got some people that never tried role-playing games because mm. it's not intimidating or scary. And most and people... super easy, yeah. Super easy to learn. And also, everyone has some sort of reference for sci-fi. Like, they... Even if they're not like Star Trek or Star Wars fans, they've seen something like that. So they're like, oh, I get it. We're yeah. in space and we're on a spaceship. Like, I think most people know what Star Trek is, even yeah. if they don't watch it. Exactly. Yeah, so yeah. the cultural it's hard, it's hard zeitgeist. not know what it is, isn't it? So they're going to know what's going on. Maybe they've seen Alien or just anything. Mm. But yeah. So, and mm. yeah, so that's usually my go to, especially for people that want to try running a game, but they're worried about knowing all the rules. Yeah. So I'm like, well, you yeah. don't really need to know many rules at all. Um, so yeah, I think probably the most famous one-page RPG is Grant Howitt's Honey Heist. Yes, I was going to say that. Very well known that. But of course, Grant mm. Howitt has done dozens of them at this point, hasn't he? Yes. Dozens and dozens of one-page RPGs. Yeah. Honey Heist being... Honey Heist, I think, was featured on Critical Role once, which is why I think that sort of yes. became super famous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's just one of many, many RPGs that he's, he's done. And I kind of like it's, it's a different aesthetic to Lasers and Feelings because Lasers and mm-hmm. Feelings is like this really professionally laid out, really pretty kind of. Do you know what I mean? It's yes. like done by. It's quite, it's quite gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. Whereas well, yeah. Uh, the Grant Howitt stuff has a different aesthetic. It's got a handwritten aesthetic where yes. he basically gets a piece of paper, he does it by hand and presumably scans that. So it's got a different aesthetic. It's you know, an equally good aesthetic and equally works mm-hmm. equally well. But. You know, yeah. and you know, I, I kind of like that. I haven't seen all of his stuff. It's, uh, he's got a Patreon, I think, hasn't he? Where, yeah, yeah, and an itch store as well. An itch um, store. Yeah. Certainly, if we're talking about one pages, then yeah. itch.io is an excellent yeah. place to go. Yeah, there was Jason Statham's Big Day Out, wasn't there? One of his. <laughs> there was one that we tried more or less successfully to play, uh, Nice Marines, which was all about space marines from the Warhammer 40k universe or legally distinct entities who are trying to resolve problems without using immense... Is that the game where you assumed I knew everything about Warhammer 40k and it turned out I knew nothing about Warhammer 40k? I I, I assumed you knew something about it, but I turned out... (laughs) You you asked me what chapter you were in, and I was like, I don't know. And then you gave me this weird face. like, how can you No, no, no. No, no, because Al said something that was so bizarre. I can't even remember what it was. And it just like caused my brain to freeze on what? (laughs) But you you interpreted that as me looking at you, whereas like, no, I was Mm. just like... Wondering what is going through Owl's head that right. he would say such a thing. But to be fair, that, that happens a fair amount, but this was just a particularly inappropriate moment. Right, yeah. right. But yeah, so that's another one of his. We've done so many yeah. of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I kind of like, like with a one page adventure, adventure, not yeah. adventure, uh, RPG. We'll put you to adventures in a minute, but, um, RPG. It's kind of like, it's kind of like a random generator mm-hmm. combined yeah. with a tiny system. Yes. So you yes. tend to get a random generator, which is usually sort of like roll a dice on this table, this table, and this table, and that gives you your adventure. And then mm-hmm. there'll be a tiny, very simple mechanic where you might have like two mm-hmm. stats or something, where you might have, you know, it depends on the game, obviously, like lasers and feelings, you've got one stat. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and in others, you have a bit more, but they're basically, you know, a tiny, tiny, like uh, the entire rules are like a quarter of a page at most. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's not even crammed in either. That's, you know, yeah. the rules are a quarter of a page. And then you've got a random generator, which kind of generates your adventure. And that's kind of it. And it's they're really good for one-shots, basically. Like emergency yeah. one-shots. Because you can read the rules, you can learn the game, right, in two seconds. Yes. You know, no homework needed. Mm-hmm. You need mm-hmm. to be quite good at improv to run them, I'd say. Mm. 
Because, sure. you know, they're kind of sparse on sort of detailed information. You're not going to be reading out box text. So you're not going to be yeah, using no, it. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you need to be able to, you know, come up with stuff on the fly and react to what your players do and basically just go off in some weird tangent because that's basically what those games are designed to do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, you make it sound very intimidating. I've. Oh, no. No, found... I didn't mean it like that. No, not at all. Not at all. I just say, just expect to just go off script is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Well, there, there is no script, so that's oh, yeah. sort of quite yeah. liberating yeah. in a way. But mm-hmm. I, I, I've often found when I'm doing it, which is usually for a couple of hours on an evening because the regularly scheduled game hasn't occurred, yeah. is you just go with it and then a key thing is to not be talking yourself as a mm. GM. You set the scene and then you just let the players ramble and yeah. blather and just generally they're having fun, they're role-playing, they're like kicked off the traces, they're like bears with hats and they're very excited about the hats yeah mm. very excited and then um you just let them go for a bit and then you throw in a, a complication and you don't have to have a way to solve this mm. nobody expects you to know how to solve this you're just like let the uh, let them do just, entertaining yeah, chaotic yeah. things it's, yeah. it's essentially a great the randomness yeah. and the chaos generation is a feature yeah. not a bug Have you got yes. any favorites that you guys haven't mentioned yet there's um I've not played it but I've heard of it and it's called Cram compressed Cram. role-playing adventure manual right it's one page uh by Rusty Gerard okay um, I've heard of that one uh, C R is that C R A M Cram as in like you're cramming Ooh. for an exam right gotcha yeah um and yeah it's it's a little one page system you've got like three or four let me just look it up. You've Ooh, got like three or four it's on, stats. It's on, it's on the website onepagerpg.com. That's a good um It that's does a good what it says grab, on the tin. It? Yeah. does what it's it says on, on the tin. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, you've got a couple of stats. You've got like, oh, sorry, sorry you've got four stats. Um, so you've got a very small, so you've got physical, mental, vitality, and luck. Mm. And and that's it, really. Um, so it's a very simple little one-page yeah. system. It's got like, a, list well, a lot of, of these are free as well, because this one I've just headed over yeah. to that site, and it's free. You know, yeah. you can just download it for free. That's why I always recommend these sorts of games for your first time role playing because it's mm. like, well, mm. if you're not sure if you're going to like it, because I don't think role playing is for everyone. Mm. Yeah. At least you haven't invested a load of money in buying a whole load of look, uh, books and stuff. Because imagine if you want to try out D and D, so you get your starter kit and you sit and you invest time making a character and you play a game for twenty minutes and you're like, I don't really like this. this isn't for me. Mm. You know, <laughs> like how, how much would that suck? Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, as with this, there's very little investment, and you know, like Peter said, it's a few hours. So mm. if it's not your thing, you can sit through something for a few hours, yeah. and you know, and then you know. I think that's a really interesting point you raised, which is the time taken to create characters. Yeah, has has been established. I do enjoy a game of D and D, but it takes a while to generate a character sheet, mm-hmm. like uh, and character. It, I think I made a lot of free gens for Adventurous League, and that was taking 20 minutes ago. Yeah. And that's with knowing by heart exactly what I'm looking Do for. Do you know what exactly. I always thought when it comes to D&D characters? Is there mm-hmm. should be an alternate super easy way of making characters, and it should be an online tool where it basically it does most of the choosing for you, just asks you some questions. So it says, right, which race do you want to be? Which class do you want to be? Do you, and then, you know, it'll be sort of like branching questions so that the a, are not you, AI, but... Are you describing D&D Beyond? Not quite, because okay. D&D Beyond doesn't, like, have a thing where it just ran... 
randomly generate. It doesn't. It doesn't randomly, but it does give you. It does. Yeah, but, but I was just thinking yeah. it can ask like three or four questions, basically, and that's it. Okay. Oh, right, okay. Sorry, and, then, simply, and then create a character based on those three or four questions. Maybe maybe, maybe that's too few for a D and D character. Actually, maybe five or six questions. Yeah. And you okay. know, so do you do you want do you want to be like this or like this? And it gives you some binary choices. Maybe mm-hmm. and you just choose them, and then mm-hmm. makes a character for you. And I think that sort of thing could work if someone. Like I mean, obviously not me because I don't. Your character. I don't. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Well, D and D Beyond I found really useful for learning how to make D and D characters because it does take you through it, yeah. and it gives yeah. you drop down options, so you know yeah. kind of you know what your limitations are. Mm. But yeah, mm. like you say, PJ, it's a less of an investment of time because if you like my Woofer Up campaign, we spent an entire session just making characters together. Oh, how is that going, by the way? Well, I how, we haven't played a session yet. Our first oh, one's yeah. next week. We had a session where we had a session zero and like made characters, and we all kind of did it together because a lot of us were kind of new to it. I think it's going to go great. I'm playing a herbalist, so I'm in no way good Ooh. at fighting, which is great. <laughs> good. No, nobody's really good at fighting in Wuffrub. You're only less terrible at it. Okay. Well, I'm yeah. I'm terrible at fighting. Um, huh. and uh, But I can make herbs and potions, apparently, which is great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, I rolled a one on my age, so I'm only 16 years old. So that's going to be great. Okay. Adventuring right. out in the world. That's just being a baby. Oh. Sounds about right for Wuffrub, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. But my, my first yeah. session is next week on Friday evening. So in two mm, weeks' time, Friday. I will update you on how... How it is going. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, nice one. We're back to one-page adventures. Yeah. One-page RPGs. So one-page adventures, see, I know yeah. all about them because I published okay. a book of 20-odd one-page adventures. Gasp. Ooh. Where can they purchase this, Rob? Oh, my gosh. Where? Where indeed? I would suggest our website, ianpublishingrpg.com. Ooh. You can buy it in soft cover format. I don't want to turn this into an advert for my book, but I'm just saying I... I did too actually late, do like 20 odd of these one page adventures. Um, so they, those are all for D&D, fifth edition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And each of them is one page. It might have a map, it might not. And it's just got a number of different blocks. And they're like, they're really simple. Again, designed for one shots or very, very short campaigns, but one shots mainly. And yeah, yeah sort of colourful. I made them all kind of colourful and bright and easy to look at and eye catching. So yeah. that. Um, but the problem I found with those is that the uh, it, it was quite time intensive to do that layout to make them look like that. Mm-hmm. Whereas um, the actual writing of the one page adventure mm. was actually really quick because yeah. I'm, I'm waiting under a page worth of text, including an image. It was re- I, I do that in like twenty minutes, but then I had to do all the layout to make it look nice. What yeah. information are you putting in to create an adventure? It depends on the adventure because some of them are site based adventures, some of them are event based adventures. There's a whole variety of different things. But mm-hmm. basically, it was all distilled down to the minimum information possible. So mm-hmm. it would literally say there is um, a caravan driven by a goblin. Yes. It wouldn't describe the caravan or the goblin. That's up to no. you. You know what I mean? No. So it's as the basic information possible. So yeah, it's sort of like an adventure seed. It's concise, I'd say. Mm. Okay. But yeah, so yeah, 24 of those. And I've seen like this one page dungeons. Uh, there's one page dungeon contest, which is at dungeoncontest.com. Each year, a whole bunch of people enter and then they, they release like a compendium of the one page dungeons each year. Mm. That's pretty cool. And that's been going mm. since, I don't know, t- 2010, 2009, something like that, I think. Okay. There About seems to be a subreddit, there seems to be a subreddit which does a procedural generation right. for a dungeon. Yeah. Um, I know because it's got the slash R 
slash procedural generation right um on itch.io so that looks quite interesting there's tons of i mean just go to google and just type in one page adventure one page rpg or one yeah. page generation or something like that and there is yeah. tons of stuff out there for free just like so much of it out there for free yeah. Uh, Savage Worlds, mm. uh, the Pinnacle Entertainment Group, they've done some very nice one-page adventures as well. Right. So that, that's where I, that's that's actually probably where I found about them first. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. And yeah. they obviously do more modern-day stuff rather mm. than the straight fantasy. Yeah, I think if, if I if, a, if I only had a criticism about one-page RPGs is that they do give you only one type of. A very, a very kind of narrative focused light storytelling, by definition, so in one page, obviously, mm-hmm. um, style of play. And you might find mm-hmm. if you're introducing a player to RPGs, they might not be the improv storyteller type gamer and they might not no. like that as much. They might yeah. be more the tactical gamer or the guy, person that likes, you know, numbers and, you know, so it will only appeal to a certain type of, you know, a broad type of gamer, but a certain type of gamer. There are some that get other things out of gaming. Yeah, that's right. I think the re- that's the reason why it's my go-to recommendation for it because that's the style of role play that I really like. Yeah, so yeah. I'm probably introducing yeah. somebody because I'm like, is this somebody that I want to play role-playing games with or right, wants right, to play role-playing yeah. games with me? So, mm-hmm. but yeah, no, John Harper said similar things as well. He said some people really like more rules because it makes them feel more structured and sure of what they're doing. Mm. And, it, and they yeah. kind of, that kind of defines the world a bit for you. Because I, I, I probably am siding a little more that way just because maybe just the way I first encountered um RPGs or I don't know, or maybe just how my brain works, who knows. Mm-hmm. But I, I I I kind of like the sort of a slightly rules heavier structured kind of game where like the game rules are the laws of physics in a way. They're not, but do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. This is how the, yeah, yeah. the world works. They, they are sort of the physics engine. So if it worked that way once, it will work that way again. Yeah, yeah. Whereas I find a very, very rules-like game isn't dissimilar to just an improv session, which is fine, and it's a great yeah. way to play, but it's not, yeah. it's not necessarily my favourite way to play personally. Sure. Yeah, I, I think probably the best analogy I've come across is if you invite someone to play some sort of sport with you, mm. like, you know, would you like a kickabout in a park mm. or play a quick game of frisbee? is sort of what these one-page adventures are right, doing. Right, yeah. Would you like to join my Ultimate Frisbee League and play every Wednesday for four hours for the next <laughs> six to nine months is a different proposition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially yeah. if you have never played Frisbee before. Mm. Yes. <laughs> so it's like, you know, it's nice to be able to dip your toes in and be aware. And mm. if you're like, oh, this is pretty cool, then the option to go a bit deeper and create. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if it's possible to have a one-page RPG, but which was focused more on the structural mechanics than the improv, or whether that is a thing that even exists or could exist. I can't even imagine what that would look like, to be honest, so probably not. Um, well, the name of the game I am thinking of is Here's Some F***ing D&D. Right. And that is literally the name of it. I it's, have heard of that, actually, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we played it when you were off for whatever reason I was running it for the chaps. And it's quite sweary. Mm. I think there is Gasp. a non-swearing version around, mm. but it just condenses a lot of D&D tropes and so forth into, I think, I think it does go into two pages. Mm. But it's what, it's one whole page, so two sides. Right. 
of a two sides. Oh, that's cheating. It's not a one page RPG. That's a two page RPG. Okay. Anyway, Dallas RPG. The best RPG ever made, I imagine. Possibly. I haven't actually looked at it at all yet above the box. So I can possibly know. I think we can end the podcast. Yeah, should we stop? Yeah, let's stop. Apparently, I now have to read this to you. This is the official podcast of Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG news, which you can find at enworld.org. You can find show notes at morris.podbean.com or wherever you found the podcast. If you feel like they deserve it, you can support the show on Patreon. In return, you will receive exclusive bonus content. Just go to patreon.com slash morris. If you're interested in his babbling nonsense, you can follow at Morris on the Twitter. Send your emails to morrispodcast at gmail.com. Not all of your emails, just the ones you want us to see. Mm, That's it. I'm bored now. You can go away. Shoo, off you go. Goodbye. Get out of here. Feats, backgrounds, hit dice and proficiency and bonuses. Or bone-eye? Bonus-eye? Bone-eye. Bonuses. <laughs> Just say bonuses for us. What's don't don't talk about bone-eye. <laughs> <laughs> you'll, you'll make Jessica split her drink out all over the keyboard. And she's not even got a drink. That's how bad it is. I do, actually. Oh, oh you do have a drink. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Just think of Jessica's keyboard. <laughs> <laughs>